0: Chris Ballard spending some money. What a start to free agency for the Indianapolis Colts. Zero shortage of entertainment. I'm Kevin Bowen, back another edition of Kevin's Corner. Zero need for uh, me to screw up any intro like I did last night. Apologies there, having the old uh, the old music extend a little bit later. You think I need Joey back? God. But Lord knows I can't match what uh, Barstool gave Joey. Uh, but again, uh, the Colts, one of the more active teams in free agency, so for everyone out there that have been praying praying for Chris Bauer to spend some money, he is certainly doing that this year into free agency. Uh, obviously, the biggest news on Tuesday, the Phillip Rivers signing, that is what the focus of this podcast will be on. There's still about you know eight or nine Twitter questions that I want to get to to wrap things up um, a little bit later. A couple of DeForest Buckner, Anthony Costanzo tidbits that I didn't get to last night that I certainly want to touch on, but again... Uh, the Phillip Rivers News is the, is the news of the day as I record this Tuesday evening. I would think, assume this is the last noteworthy, really, really noteworthy thing. The Colts doing free agency, obviously, um, you know, if the numbers are correct, you got a little bit north of 20 million. We'll see what happens with Jacoby Brissett. I'll get into that later in the podcast as well. Uh, but again, uh, it's just a really significant move. And I felt like the Colts would do something notable, this offseason at quarterback, I, I I really felt I felt like that would happen. And then Jim Irsay, to me, kind of confirmed that when he got involved in this process. Um, that kind of confirmed to me just everything about how important this position is. And again, I, I've said it all along with this Rivers thing. The more smoke, the more I felt like Reich, Ursay Boy, those guys! Those guys want to make a move, and Ursay is an—he's an impatient owner, as any owner is. Hell, that might be a prerequisite to be an owner in the NFL. But when you've had the success that he has had, you know in his in his career, little smoke alarm action there, but we're good, we're good, we're, we're back. <laughs> Welcome to the quarantine. You gotta love that. Um, anything goes, um, but but lo- lo- like I was saying, you know, when you're Jim Ursay and you've had the run of one of the greatest. Arguably, maybe not arguably, honestly, from a stat standpoint, the greatest decade in football, and then all of a sudden you've missed the playoffs four out of five years. Um, I just think this is a time where he's a 60-year-old owner that probably is a little bit north of even what that age is. He wants to make a run at it. And this move and what you've done with Buckner, I think you look at what the Colts have done. And again, do I love this move? No. Do I like it? I think so. I think I like it, and I will obviously explain that on this edition of Kevin's Corner. Um, without a doubt, I think the Colts are a better football team than they were Monday morning. Uh, you've added a really a transformational player on your defensive line in DeForest Buckner, and we touched on that on yesterday's podcast. If you missed that, certainly check that out. Um, and then with, with Rivers, I think that you have you have gotten better than what you had last season. Now, how much better? That's the debate, and that's what we'll get into. Obviously, the long-term need at quarterback is still there, and that's something that I was really hoping the Colts could or would try and accomplish this offseason, and we'll see. Maybe they'll do something crazy in the draft, maybe they're going to wait till next year when, you know, there there are some intriguing names in that class and, you know, do something a little bit bigger then, but, you know, that's when you get into that awkward quarterback purgatory of, you know, drafting, you know, a little bit later on. Uh, you know, seemingly into the twenties. Cause I do think this is a football team that's very capable of making the playoffs um, with how everything has transpired and we'll see, you know, how it all plays out um, over the next you know few weeks or whatnot. But, uh, but still, um, again, let, let's look at this move and we're going to look at it from the pros and from the cons about it um, and then get into a little bit of the Jacoby Brissett ramifications and the domino effect that comes from that. I apologize that the sound quality isn't what you guys are used to again, Quarantines got me at home recording through uh, through my old little, uh, whatever you call it, headphones. Headphones, yeah. This is where I'm at. Not the same equipment that I had last night at MS Communications, but um, make do. And I uh, wanted to get this to you guys uh, before the night ends on Tuesday. Uh, briefly, before we get into the good and the bad of Rivers, Daniel Jeremiah was on NFL Network earlier. If you guys missed that, just want to share a few things that Jeremiah had to say. Very close with Rivers, um, I believe, was the color analyst, I think, on their preseason games, um, knows Rivers pretty well. Rivers, even though the deal is one year, $25 million, which is a very high price tag, um, he sounds like he wants to play more than one year. Now, Rivers has also said this offseason that he only wants to play two years. So we'll just have to wait and see. But, again, one year, $25 million. honestly, the one-year aspect might be the thing I like the most about this deal. Uh, rivers and and we probably in india have this just such a negative vibe on him because we think he's just kind of a pompous jerk almost when you watch him play football i just think he's a crazy crazy competitor and we'll get into that you know uh, i've been looking a little bit deeper into that and uh, digging into things there you know knowing that this is a possibility and he is a crazy crazy competitor and how do you not love that you know, he's a guy that you hate playing against, but you sure as hell want on your sideline because of that attitude. And it'll be interesting from the friction standpoint that you hear the Colts talk about, you know, how much this this um, this team will kind of gravitate towards that and and play off that. Because there is an interesting aspect to how the team has reacted, at least socially, to this move that is something that we'll hit on later. Um, but, again, Rivers – you know, it sounds like he wants to play more than one year. We'll see exactly what that looks like. He's gonna move the whole family, so get ready if you're a real estate agent in the uh, in the city of Indianapolis, those northern suburbs, wherever you want to move to. Boom, Philip Rivers and his eleven-person army. Eleven. Quarantine calls for ten, right? No more than ten. What do you do? Do you put one in an outhouse? Put the oldest in the outhouse? Maybe the youngest? Whoever's pissing you off the most? But yeah, Rivers told Jeremiah that um, he loves, loves the movie Hoosiers. He said when he played in Indianapolis, he'd yell, Hickory! And the echo of it when he would run off the field. Which again, when you watch Rivers play, he does look like he's just doing it for the love of it. And he's such a freaking gunslinger. And you know, something I touched on earlier... He's gonna make him he's gonna be a maddening to watch as a fan, but hey man, he is he's damn entertaining. Damn entertaining. All right, so why did the Colts make this move? Why am I, you know, considering this a bit of an upgrade? I think you look at what he did in for the Chargers and from a completion percentage standpoint and a yards per attempt, those are the two numbers we always come back to that mean so much to Frank Reich and numbers that Jacoby Brissett did not come anywhere near achieving last season, and Rivers is a better quarterback in that area. Um, So I, I think there's an upgrade there, and in general, the biggest deal with all of this is the Colts are projecting that Phillip Rivers behind a solid offensive line, better than solid, one of the best in the league, that will get him to play at a consistent Pro Bowl level. And let's make no bones about it. For Rivers to get this team that is a caliber of making a playoff run, the offensive line has got to be outstanding. It it can't be like it was last year when I really didn't think they were bad by any means, but they weren't what they were in 2018. They've got to be 2018 good. And they've got to do it now with a quarterback that can't move, that can't move like Andrew Luck, can't move like Jacoby Brissett. Hell, he, he maybe can't move like anybody else on the football team. He better hope Adam Vinatieri comes back to see if he can beat him in a 40-yard deck. Like, Rivers doesn't move. So this offensive line has got to be at peak level throughout the entire regular season. And your skill group, you guys can still hear the beeping in the background. I think it's like once every 20 seconds. Sorry about that. But whatever. We're just going to move on here in the uh, quarantined world of March 17, 2020. The skill group, mainly those wideouts, they've got to beat but press coverage because this is a quick rhythm, anticipation sort of guy that trusts his his guys to make some 50-50 plays, and the Colts didn't do enough of that last season. So those two units, in in different ways, wide out group, tight end group, they've got to make a bigger jump than the O-line, but those parts of the offense have got to make big-time jumps. A reason why I like this move, honestly, just comes from the fact that this is something that is vastly different than what you had last season. To me... I felt like we knew what the ceiling was with Jacoby Brissett. I've made that very clear. And now you're getting a quarterback that, again, anticipates things better, quicker rhythm. He's a risk taker. Um, But even the negatives of his ability not to really move, you know, he's a little bit turnover prone. It's just so much different than Brissett. And when I believe the ceiling has been reached, I want to do something differently. And, again, this is my kind of personal opinion how I look at sports. And I know I've made comparisons to the Indiana Pacers before. It was like last year when, when the Pacers had these kind of north of 30-year-olds with Bogdanovich and Thaddeus Young and, and, and um, Darren Collison and all of that. Do something different. Change what you have to try and push that ceiling up. I'm not sitting here saying Rivers pushes the ceiling very, very high. But it is different. And now you're putting him – into a totally different kind of offensive blueprint from a personnel standpoint, not from a scheme standpoint, and how does he react to that? Can you push the ceiling on this team a little bit higher, just here for 2020? Because, again, the long-term answer has not been uh, has not been solved. And I think one of the bigger things with Rivers right now is you're going to have to win chess matches. Like, that's just point blank how this football team is going to have to win games this year offensively. It's, you have a quarterback that has, has reached some sort of downfall. How much of it? That is the debate, and that's why I think a lot of people just absolutely hate this move because they think Rivers is flat out done. Well, he better be the mastermind that Frank Reich says he is from a pre-snap, cognitive, all of those things because you've got to win there. You have absolutely got to win there because um, he's not going to save you a lot of plays off script. He's not going to save you a lot of plays with his legs, things like that, create stuff that you aren't drawing up on the, uh, you know, whatever, on the Wednesday morning, uh, you know, early offensive install on a weekly basis. This is much, much different than that. Um, And, and one thing I will say too, and I, I don't want to, you know, focus maybe a whole lot on this, but it's like for 2020, what other direction were you going to go at at quarterback? Again, twenty twenty impact. Now I'm a fan of drafting, throwing that guy into the fire, but I don't think I've ever said like, "Oh, rookie quarterback's going to come in here and win ten or eleven games." No, 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 I'm not. I, I I'm I'm not crazy like that. This is something to where the Colts have looked at it, and they feel like with what they have in place, Philip Rivers can take a team that was seven to nine last year. And whatever, is he two wins better than Jacoby Brissett was last year? Okay, if he's two wins and DeForest Buckner's one win, now you're a 10-6 football team. Now, who knows what happens when you get in the postseason. We saw teams in your own division get on a run. I think that is where the Colts are looking at this. Now, the schedule I think is definitely going to be tougher. and That's something that you're going to have to look into. But I think that is where the Colts see it And I would say maybe the biggest aspect from Frank Reich is the big plays were not enough last season. I'll throw some numbers at you from the Colts offense last year to what Phillip Rivers had in LA, which again, I know that there's some differences in personnel, which we'll we'll touch on the Colts passing offense last year, ranked 30th in the NFL, their completion percentage, 29th in the NFL. They were 28th in yards per attempt and they were 30th in passing plays of more than 20 yards. That is efficiency, that is consistent production, and that is creating chunks. Those are three massive elements in today's NFL. Now, you look at what Rivers did last year with the Chargers. And again, personnel different for sure, poor offensive line, better skill group, six in passing offense, eighth in completion percentage, ninth in yards per attempt, and tenth. In big plays. So in those three areas, completion percentage, yards per pass attempt, 10th and passing plays of more than 20 yards, they are 20 spots better, the Chargers, than the Colts. So when you look at it like that, again, that is just where the Colts believe behind a more solidified offensive line, they can at least get out of the basement. I'm not saying they're going to be top 10 in all these categories because I – I look at this skill group here in Indianapolis from a pass catching standpoint, and I'm still a little worried. Although he's gonna come here and have a much better run game than he did last season with the uh, with the Chargers. But again, can you get out of the basement? You were terrible last year passing the football. Terrible. If you can slightly improve that, that's where I can't really disagree too too much. You know, Derek Carr or Matthew Stafford, I mean, who knows if those teams are even gonna make those trades? You know Cam Newton's got the injury history. Uh, did Tom Brady even want to come here? I'm trying to think of the other quarterbacks. Bridgewater, you know, those sorts of things. You know, I think when you look at all of that, that is why the Colts felt like this move was needed and was worth it. I, I go back to what I said earlier. This is a Reich and an Ursay move to me more than, more than Chris Ballard. I'm not saying Ballard disagreed with it by any means, but when you hear Ballard talk you know sustained success and you know building from within and homegrown talent and all like none of this checks those boxes none of it one year 25 million none of that checks those boxes but it's Ursay and then Reich and, and some of these right quotes about Philip Rivers which we'll get into you know written content on dot thefan.com and certainly uh, touch on a lot here over the over the course of the um, of the off season. I mean, this is Frank Reich talking about Phillip Rivers. Phillip is an elite quarterback in this league. He has proven that year in and year out. He is a tough competitor and is a great test for our defense. That was in getting ready to play the Colts uh, in week, uh, week one last year. He's everything you want in a quarterback. He's elite, elite accuracy, elite toughness, playmaking. He says his mental preparation for the game and his love for the game is second to none. I just know the three years I was there, that's Reich talking about his time in San Diego with Rivers, I learned so much from him. I learned X's and O's stuff from him. I learned a lot. A lot about how he prepares, about how he handles protections. That has really influenced me in a lot of ways. I mean, you're going to find many NFL head coaches say that about a player. And then lastly, this is the last right comment before we move on. I knew he was an elite passer, but I didn't realize he was one of the smartest football guys in the NFL, bar none. If there's a top ten list of smartest guys in the league, he's on it. Promise you, he just sees it faster than anybody else. So that is what the Colts like, love, why they made this move. Um, a re, you know, again, I think it is an upgrade. I'm, I'm pretty sure of that. You know, I know Rivers. Trust me, I'm not sitting here acting like Rivers is anywhere near a top-10 quarterback falling out of bed anymore in the NFL, to be honest with you. I I, I think that's a question. But I, I think in this offense, he can be a top half, which if your defense can make the strides that are necessary, maybe you can win 9 or 10 games. I think that's a real possibility. And with Jacoby Brissett, I just didn't think that the ceiling, short-term or long-term, was ever going to be met. And if you aren't going to get, again, Bridgewater, Stafford, or Carr, it's going to be a long-term term answer. I don't know what your other 2020 options were really going to be. Now, I am still team draft a quarterback, and I would you know, try to move into that first round or do something. But, I mean, that there are reasons I think you can agree with this, and obviously there are plenty of reasons why you will disagree with that, and um, I will hit on some of that. Right now. Um, I'd say maybe my biggest reaction to this, or something I just found very interesting, was scroll through players, Colts players on Twitter, talking about this. I maybe found one. And look at the DeForest Buckner trade from yesterday. That's a little bit different than the reaction there. I mean, just totally, totally different. And, yeah, some of that you don't want to hate on Jacoby Brissett, sure, but not even just an eye emoji, you know, something. And I I know we're getting into, like, stupid social media stuff, but players have questions too. How much is left in the tank? And that is a real, real question. Um, I like the one-year deal because you're not tying it too, too far. You're leaving yourself that out while potentially still Drafting that quarterback and helping to develop that quarterback that could be starting as early as 2021. Or maybe you do something crazy in the draft next year you know, and trade up for one of those guys. But um, my biggest concerns with, with Rivers comes down to m- mobility for sure, without a doubt. If there's an injury that happens to this offensive line, if this offensive line regresses in any way, you've got a statue. Rivers was... Terrible in the fourth quarter last season. Terrible. And you guys know how big of a metric I consider that. And my biggest knock on Jacoby Brissett. And I think it's just the real question of, has father time caught up to him in any way? Durability-wise, I mean, the dude started 220-some straight games. It's, it's incredible. But... He was, what, third in the NFL last year, I think, in interceptions? You know this team with him does not win at a better than average standpoint at all. It, it it's astonishing to me the lack of winning that franchise has done with a guy that we will probably say at some point when it's all said and done has a Hall of Fame type of resume. And I know I touched on a little bit a little bit of this last night, but um. I think it's worth mentioning again. Rivers in the last six years. One playoff appearance. In the last five years, the Chargers are 10 games under 500 Ten games. And even if you break that out to a decade, Rivers had some really good early years with Ladanian Tomlinson and God, I love fullbacks. And so I'm gonna mention Lorenzo Neal, even though he probably had zero impact whatsoever, but I just love fullbacks. Um, you know, Rivers had great success early on, but really in the last decade, none of it has been there. They've had one 10 win season in the last decade. They've they only been in the playoffs twice in the last 10 years. And in general, it's, it's a 500 quarterback, a little bit worse than 500 quarterback. So, you know, for a team that I feel like has had pretty good talent, I don't look at the charges and be like, oh man, there's just nothing around that guy. No, I mean, there's pro bowl caliber players on both sides of the ball and the skill group. They just haven't won. And that, I think, has got to be concerning, again, of how much of an upgrade is this. We don't look at the Colts skill group and say, oh, there's Keenan Allen, there's Hunter Henry, there's Mike Williams. Think about how many 50-50 balls Mike Williams brought down last year. Or Keenan Allen. Do the Colts have that guy right now? And that's the real question of, is if Rivers are arm strength, if that's being dialed back at all, your guys have got to go make plays. Now, Rivers is going to be willing to maybe, maybe give them a few more opportunities to make plays, which is something that I like for a quarterback because that's part of being the NFL. NFL Open and College Open are two different things. But still, there's the fine line of when father time catches up, that window starts to get, you know, a little bit smaller and smaller. And that velocity is different. You know, all those things start to catch up. So, I think those are my concerns with Rivers. And I know everybody's like, well, you know, he's played in this offense before. It's not like he had great amount of success in this offense. He had a career-high one year in completion percentage. Again, I'm talking the right three years with him. He also led the league interceptions, one of those years. So, you know, and, and the Chargers didn't win a whole lot in those three seasons. So, Yes. From a familiarity standpoint, playbook, he's going to know all of that. And and that's good, I think. But let's not act like he was an MVP of the league under Frank Reich. You know, I mentioned the lack of fourth quarter success. Last year, nine of his 20 interceptions came in the fourth quarter. And I believe five of them were in one possession games. One of those being um, week one against Colts when he threw the pick to, to, uh, to Malik Hooker. So that, that's what you're going to live with. He, he's going to risk it, which I like to a degree. But again, that's the difference from Jacoby Bursette. Um, So I, I think in general, just wrapping up my thoughts on Rivers, what I don't like, I don't like that it doesn't solve anything long-term for you. And I'm skeptical just on how much of an upgrade. Is it a $25 million upgrade? I mean, that that's a lot. I just don't sit here right now and think Philip Rivers by himself makes you an 11- or 12 in football team. What I do like is I think you've gotten better defensively, and I think you now have an abil- ability on offense to create a little bit more explosion. How much? Again, that's debatable. But that little bit more, if that can be a win or two, and then Buckner can be a win, n- now this is a team that is into the playoffs. And I think all things considered, You know, fans would would sign up for that. And then you have to come back in the draft and make a move. That is an absolute must. Absolute must. And and, and it might be the only thing people care about. People might be like, I don't care if Riverstick gets us a 10-6 and and throws a pick in the wild card round or miss a play. Like, that doesn't matter to me. Some people might only care about the long term. But, again, Jim Irsay is an impatient guy that's seen his franchise miss the playoffs for the last five years. And he wants three Super Bowls, and he wants them ASAP. So that's why this move was made. That is why. All right, Jacoby Brissett, future. Um, one thing that I think this move indicates is the whole top 20 quarterback talk on Brissett is finally over. It's finally over. The Colts' actions we knew would ultimately speak louder than their words on Brissett. They were wishy-washy the whole time. Well, these actions indicate what they indicate. And that if you felt like Jacoby were set at top twenty quarterback potential, you would have continued to ride with him. You'd have continued to try and develop. You'd have said, "Okay, this skill group when they get healthier, you know, it's not like you went out and traded for you know Patrick Mahomes." <laughs> no, you didn't. You didn't do that. But they clearly felt like they've seen enough out of Jacoby Brissett, which uh, I applaud. I applaud because I think that takes a lot. Because I know how much they do like him as a person, probably first and foremost. So. To me, that you know, just kind of closes the door on whatever era, you know, people thought was there. Um, so now you got kind of three options: with percent, trade, cut, keep. And this will be fluid, and I'll post this in an article on 107.5 The Fan on Wednesday morning. So check that out. Uh, probably a little bit easier to follow. In a reading sense, but from a cap saving standpoint, if you traded him, you'd save 15. His his cap hit this year is 21 million dollars. That is a ton. I believe that's 13th highest of any quarterback in the league. Again, for a guy that's gonna be your backup. At best. All right, trading for a percent, 15.8 million. My biggest thing is you have minimal amount of leverage right now. Minimal amount of leverage. You know, what what is your leverage? Teams know that you gotta get rid of them to save. Save some cap stuff. It's kind of a musical chairs at quarterback, unless someone is obsessed with Brissett. I just don't know what that market is going to look like trade value wise, and I think we might have a misconception on just what Brissett looks like for other NFL teams. When he had leverage, when there was some some intrigue for sure. Of okay. That's a high-quality backup. Patriots took him in the third round. Andrew Luck was still on your roster and all those things. The Colts didn't get many trade offers, folks. Not many at all. Think like aging veteran on, on, on defense and like maybe one draft pick that was third or fourth round. Maybe. So I can't imagine you're getting anything better than about a fourth or a fifth. For Jacoby Brissett. And opposing teams know that you're kind of backed into a corner. So if you could get a middle round draft pick, in my mind, that is a dream, and you make that move immediately. Cutting him, you'd save $8.8 million. Um. Now, a couple of reasons why, obviously, one would be you don't find a willing trade partner. Two, and this would be like just great philanthropic, job by the colts which uh, kudos jim mercy for the million dollars he's contributing to gleaners food bank to help those that are um, struggling to find meals right now in this coronavirus chaos it, jim mercy's philanthropic side is just it is amazing we are so lucky the people that listen to this podcast in our community for what he does it is it is tremendous um so thank you to Jim Mercsey for that on behalf of you know the city of Indianapolis and the state of Indiana. But getting back to cutting Burette, it would be a pat on the back in the way of like, all right, we'll let you pick up p- pick your new home. And you know, Ballard mentioned that um, I guess it would have been la- early last year, maybe January honestly 2019 of saying, if we're going to trade Bursette, it would have to be to the right organization. And for him, I want to do the right thing for the player. I want to do the right thing for Jacoby. They love Jacoby. So again, that's kind of crazy to think, well, wow, it's a business folks. Let's just kind of, let's just, let's try to get the most money possible in terms of cap savings. So in the ideal world, the Colts would get some return on it. But, you know, if they're looking out for Jacoby Brissett, then, you know, putting them on the open market would, would um, allow you to do that. And then you still have for now, Brian Hoyer and Chad Kelly under contract. Hoyer um two more years and Kelly one more year at least Kelly is pretty much under team rights though for a little bit longer than that but uh if you moved on from Hoyer you'd say five million so when you get into this okay they only have 20 now well if you say no to Hoyer you say no no to uh Brissett, boom there's you know 13-ish million right there you know cutting wise. And your backup should be your second or third round pick. And that's my opinion. If you're drafting a guy in the second or third round, that guy can be your backup. You don't need to carry three quarterbacks. You don't need to have these ridiculous amount of resources invested in a quarterback. Yes, Philip Rivers is 38. He also hasn't missed a game in... I probably didn't have... I didn't hit puberty the last time. Philip Rivers missed a game. 224 straight starts. Now, keep Bursette. To a lot of people, that might sound ludicrous, but again, if this is a one-year thing, all of a sudden in 2021, who's your starter? Who's your backup? Now you would have to be really committed to not only paying Brissett the amount of money that you're gonna have to pay in this season, but then you've got to you have to be committed and confident that you can bring him back with an uncertain quarterback future. Now maybe that's all he's going to get. Maybe on the open market next spring, he's not—he's not, he's not going to be able to get you know compete for a starting job or, or or whatnot. But I mean, that is a real, real just thing that we have to keep in mind. I don't think that'll happen, but the, these are the three options, and I wanted to make sure that we covered all three and um, touch on Jacoby Brissett. All right, Twitter question time. Steve, Kevin, love the Colts coverage and love the move so far of the two huge free agent moves this week, Buckner and Rivers. Which one more positively impacts the Colts in 2020 and why? Well, I, I will still go with the quarterback because he touches the ball on every play, but I don't want to undermine Buckner. I mean, he impacts the entire unit over there. I mean, it's very close, but it is slightly more Rivers. And just, that's just the nature of the quarterback position. Obviously, long-term, force Buckner. But for here and the now, it is Rivers. But Buckner, I mean, he's huge. Again, go back and listen to yesterday's podcast, folks. You know, people that have that that, that might have missed that. I, Buckner's as a player, just every level of the defense. That the impact it's huge. When's the last, folks? When is the last time the Colts have had a disruptive defensive tackle? Waiting. Okay, you you're you're yelling at me. Oh, Booger McFarland, Corey Simon, Ellis Johnson. No, stop, stop it, stop. No one to the level of Buckner. No one. It was a crazy trade the Colts pulled off. I, I've been looking that up. How many times a team, not on draft night, trades a top sixteen pick, so top half of the first round pick for a player? It, it's really. Borderline unheard of in the NFL. Over the last decade, even a little bit longer. Maybe Revis, um, you know, Jay Cutler, uh, Randy Moss. But again, now you're going back into the 2000s. It's 2000-2009 window. Gino, with Rivers coming to Indy, do the Colts pursue Hunter Henry? Didn't Henry get the franchise tag? Pretty sure he did. All right, Andrew. Hey, Kevin, do you think the river signing makes it more or less likely that Funches is, wants to come back, or does it not have much impact? That's a really good question. I actually got a few of these. Um, I'm curious to see what this does for Funches. One-year prove a deal, 50-50 balls. He watched, he could pop in some Mike Williams, Keenan Allen film. Wow, that quarterback's going to give me those chances? I think it slightly improves it. I do. And I hope that's not me just being like, guys, we need to look into Funches. Look at this. And I'm saying we, and sort this listening audience of like, let's keep an eye on this. That wideout market, ugh, not great. But, man, you got to go find a wideout. Second round's got to be wideout quarterback, right? Got to be. Some order, whatever. Need some, need some playmakers. Realistically, Tyler says, what do you think is a fair return for Jacoby? Fourth or fifth round? Um, fifth probably the Colts have showed their hand, which I think a lot of people like the hand in the sense of they haven't committed to Jacoby long-term with this move at all, but they've also showed their hand to 31 other NFL teams. And that loses your leverage and say the Colts draft a QB on day two or three. Does Hoyer or Kelly stay? I, you know, in my opinion, I think Hoyer and, and Brissett should be gone that quarterback in the second or third round. That's your backup. And Chad Kelly you know you, you try to hold on to him on the 53 and maybe it's a practice squad thing again that's what i would do credit to my wife she she she's gotten the uh, she's gotten the fire alarm beeping to silence just a tr- uh, just a true warrior honestly incredible effort here um, apologize for the 10 or 15 minutes that you had to hear just a little bit of that but tremendous effort all right, couple more questions here. Mac, hey Kevin, with the impending signing of Philip Rivers and obviously not having thirteenth pick anymore, what is going to happen with Jacoby? You know, we definitely touched on that. Um, will it be a for sure thing that Rivers will start? Will there be competition? Hold off another year? Will we cut Jacoby? Oh, Philip Rivers is starting. Oh yeah, oh <laughs> <Well>, yeah, <laughs> Philip Rivers is not. You imagine that fiery individual on the sideline? No way. No way, shape, or form. That dude is starting. Yeah, $25 million. That's a Hall of Famer. Potential Hall of Famer. Derek, looks like the Buckner trade says Ballard is not going after Herbert. He must be chasing Fromm or Eason, even though I don't see the character of Eason fitting in. Or is there a chance that Ballard sees an opportunity to trade back into the bottom half of the first round to grab love? You, you have the capital. You have the capital to make such a move. Without a doubt. You definitely have that. Um. so that'll be really interesting to me to see how all that plays out. Now, I mean, do you throw Jalen hurts into the mix? You know, I know it's, it's a guy that I haven't talked about a whole lot. And now I I got to go back into and look at that. All right. Last one here. Spoken word. Hey, Kev question for the pod. So hype for the Buckner trade reminds me so much of how Pritchard snagged Malcolm Brogdon. I mentioned that on last week on uh last night's podcast. Is this the new trend of acquiring talent for both indie franchises? I like it, love the show. You know, it's it's risky to continue to trade away first round picks like that, but you know, it's the part of doing business to a degree. So um it is funny that both you and I thought that same thing there. And I know last night we had Benji mention Reese Fountain. Um Joseph um replied to me on Twitter and brought up a great point that I kind of forgot about. Reese Fountain did not initially make the team in 2018, so that's why he's not on that normal rookie contract. That's why you see the two-year exclusive rights thing um, that he's now going through. So that's just part of all the uh, all the chaos that you go with it. All right, everybody. Um, I will have an Anthony Costanzo piece going up on Wednesday. Um, check that out, and then a little bit again, a deeper dive into Jacoby Bursette just the options that the Colts have right then and there with him. And uh, Costanzo, it just goes into detail. He was really candid today um, in having a conference call about why he wants to continue playing football. And he does such a great job of kind of explaining his, his thought process. And he makes it clear, you know, two years at least, that is the impression that I got. So, uh, unless something crazy happens the rest of the week, probably won't have another podcast. I know this one's a little bit short, a little bit jumbled. And again, apologize for the sound quality, but that's part of having to work at home right now through this time. So appreciate you all. Tune into this session, Kevin's Corner. If you have any questions throughout the week, my DMs are open and uh, 1075thefan.com for all your latest Colts coverage. See you.